Hey everyone, this is Derek Stone and you're listening to the Working Triathlete Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you become the best athlete you can be in the time limitations you have. Today we have a special episode that covers some breaking news about the future of our sport and the Ironman World Championships. Is this an emergency podcast? This is the most emergency podcaster has ever been because there's breaking news. There's been rumors for a couple of weeks now that Kona may, or the, the Ironman world championships may move locations. And it sounds like the rumors are true. So for the audience, what we know now is next year in 2023, the men's race will take place in Nice, France on September 10th. And the women's race will take place in Kona, and that includes both the women's amateur athletes and the pro athletes, and then in these the men's pro and amateur together. And it sounds like it's a five-year rotating contract right now between the two locations and the genders. So a lot of things to think about and consider here, and it's going to be pretty interesting because obviously Kona has this magical element. Um, but you and I've both raced in Nice for the 70.3 real champs and it's a beautiful location. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, I, I actually looked at flights to see what the time difference was between Kona and, and Nice. And I think getting to France is actually a little bit quicker than getting to Kona. That's funny. I know. Um, a lot of, uh, like European athletes, I think that. Americans have historically had the advantage racing in Kona, but Hawaii is not really close to the U.S. <laughs> it's pretty darn far away. Granted, you go west and you you don't lose sleep. So I guess there is an advantage going west as opposed to east. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like it's an easy flight. And uh, I mean, it takes a long time. I mean, our flight back from Kona this year, it was like a it ended up being a 48 hour ordeal because of the delays and everything. But, um, I mean, typically it's, I mean, you could pull it off depending on where you are in the U S but Nice is, is not that hard to get to. I mean, when we went, we flew into Paris, spent some time in Paris and then took the train to Nice. The nice thing is public transportation is a lot better in Nice. You know, you don't have to rent a car or anything, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting uh, it's going to be interesting to see the response of all of the age group athletes. My hunch is that the pro athletes aren't really going to care that much. Mm -hmm. I also think that a lot of them might prefer it just because Kona obviously suits a, a specific type of athlete who does well in the heat. Whereas Nice, the it's in a more, it, the climate is, is mild and the race is in September, like you said, which uh, you and I were both there in September a few years ago, competing at the 70.3 world champs. And I recall it being pretty darn nice every single day. Yeah. Uh, certainly nicer than Kona. I mean, Kona is terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember it was, it was warm, but not exceptionally warm or uncomfortable because it, everyone ran. I mean, the, the course is pancake flat for the run course, but I recall running well and I was maybe warm, but it wasn't like unbearable by any means. 
Yeah. I mean, I think conditions are a hundred percent going to be nicer in Nice. Now where, where I'm personally sitting, having done Kona and hearing that the race is going to be in Nice, France next year and alternating. So there, there will be the opportunity for everybody to go to Kona or, or Nice. I don't know if it's, I don't know if there is word that every other year, you know, if it's going to alternate between Nice and other non-Kona locations or what. But um, at this point, we don't know. There, I, I don't think there's been an announcement, you know. But Nice, I think, is a worthy location uh, because, you know, it, it's, I think it's predictable. I think that, you know, it's not like it's a downriver swim and the swim will get canceled. Um, it is an, an honest cycling course that I think will suit really good technical riders. Um, however, you know, having done the Col de Vance and, and done that descent, it gets hectic. And I know for sure there will be a lot of discussion about, you know, the rolling star and trying to string out the amateur field, because if there's congestion on that descent, mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty dangerous. And, you know, I like we're, we're, pretty good cyclists and we're strong descenders on the bike, even on time trial bikes, but that's technical and it's not a fun descent on a time trial bike. Just to be honest with you, it's, it depends if you want to risk it, you can risk it and you're really risking it with some of those turns. I mean, you, you fly over the ledge and, you know, drop sometimes they drop like 20 feet like it's onto rocks so you have to be careful on that descent it's technical and uh but overall when i think about you know venues where i've raced nice is certainly up there with with the best um it's beautiful there yeah it's it's definitely a great venue obviously it was able to accommodate a large amount of people because when we did 70.3 worlds, there's a two day event and there's probably close to 5,000 people I'd imagine between both days. But I guess we, I'll be curious to see how they map out the, the bike course. I know there's already an Ironman niece there, uh, but what, mm -hmm. when they consider the, the field density, especially if they do a wave start, you know, rather than rolling start, are they going to alternate the course a bit that way it is safer? Um, because the, to your point about Kona being favorable to a certain type of athlete, Nice could be as well it, for someone that's a really, really good descender on a bike. Mm -hmm. And, but I mean, those are skill sets that every athlete can develop. You know, you can't, you, you can only develop your ability to run in heat so much, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll I mean, be interesting. You, you can argue that everybody should be a good bike handler and doing well at triathlon is a test of cycling fitness and skill. Uh, whereas doing well in, in Kona can be, there, there's more of a probably a genetic component or size component to it where the ability mm -hmm. to dissipate heat is important or at least, I mean, there is some evidence that everybody, you know, if they do a heat adaptation protocol really well, you, you can improve your performance in the heat. But I think, Kona has been around enough to where, you know, certain athletes, we know that certain athletes who might be able to win a world championship somewhere else don't perform as well at Kona. 
So I don't know. I think it's 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 not a bad move. If you asked me this two years ago, I would have been like, oh no, that this is terrible. It's it's not good <laughs> for the sport. But you know, ha- having raced at at Kona and Nice, I mean, if I had to pick a venue to race at again, I, w- I would choose Nice. Uh, for for reasons related to the race itself, but also in addition to the race itself. You know, I mean, the Big Island is it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's nice. It has history for sure, but you know, Nice is really beautiful, and um, you know, the Mediterranean Sea there, the the city itself is is pretty awesome. A lot of restaurants. It's much easier to get around again without a car than mm-hmm. it is to get around without a car on, on the big Island. And I think that, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion about sort of the receptiveness of locals and, or the lack thereof in, in, in Hawaii on the big Island, they're sort of sick of the the race occurring there. Again, that, that's, I didn't experience that when I went, but it's, it's, I think it's there. Um, it would be silly to think that it wouldn't be there. I don't know to what extent, you know, locals honestly really care like all that much. Um, but the the word on the street is that it's it's certainly an, an issue and, and and it's an understandable issue. I mean, if I lived there, I would be annoyed as well. But um I don't know how much of that was just Iron Man or, or you know, even wanting to just rotate locations because it's probably easier to pull off the race in other areas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I want to go back to Nice. However, if you're an athlete who's been trying to qualify for Kona for years and now, uh, you're only going to get the opportunity to do so every other year, or if you just qualify that somewhere like Florida for Kona and you've been trying for a while and you're excited to go to Kona and then all of a sudden it's like, no, you're going to Nice, uh, you know, I have to wonder how, how you feel. I imagine a lot of people are, are going to be disappointed. Um, but you know, what do you think about, do you think this will impact athletes sort of reverence towards Kona or worshiping Kona as this, this Mecca of triathlon, just by the very fact that there is going to be a rotating venue? Like, Like I just talked about athletes being, you know, feeling frustrated that they won't be able to get to Kona to experience it. But do you think that just rotating it will just eliminate some of the allure of Kona in and of itself, especially for uh, like newer athletes? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of things to dissect there. And the, the, the biggest one I can think of right now is any couples that are, or have the ability to qualify together, which, I mean, there's not like a ton of couples out there, but I know you and I both know people that, have qualified for Kona and they are married. And if you split the location, there's even pro athletes that, um, or that meet that criteria and that will make it interesting. It's because, especially if they have kids, it's like, how do they split up and do that? Or do they have to choose? So that will make a decision. Um, you know, when I timing is different though, right? It is. It's still, it's about a month, but still the, like think about a month travel, the cost of going to Nice and the cost of going to Kona, is be it quite a bit. Um, so I, I'm thinking about myself 
and and other athletes I know and like yeah I've never raced at Kona and and I have raced at Nice and I thought Nice was an awesome venue I would be excited to go there and I know not everyone might feel that way but I think it could be worthy of a world championship for sure and yeah there's going to be people that are going to target racing Ironman events certain years or they're not going to take the slot I think uh, because they want to go to one location or the other. But I would wonder too, it's like how many Europeans are going to be more excited about going there because it's, it's easier to get to for them. Mm-hmm. And they have, the, maybe they have the ability, especially if they're age group athletes, they have the ability to ride the course and spend time there too. Uh, cause it's, everything's pretty close over there. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely much better for European athletes. And European athletes got the shaft the last few years because of the uh, 70.3 World Championships occurring in St. George. And I mean, it, it just it is the case that it does take longer in general to travel from Europe to, to Hawaii. So, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing to to have this sort of rotation that, that they're talking about. I mean, it's funny because these these two World Championships are on literally either side of the planet. Um, so that's, that's interesting, but you know, the other piece of this is they're splitting up men and women, which I think is, is a good thing from a fan perspective because mm-hmm. you get two different days to get excited about. And, uh, you know, it's good for, I think each respective gender to, to garner, you know, more attention on, on their day. And, and, it's almost overwhelming when, when it occurred in both world championships occurred in, uh, in one day. So, uh, it's especially good for, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the women's race, I would say that certainly in triathlon in general, I think a lot of fans are, are more interested or, or they're certainly as interested in the women's race as they are in the men's pro race. But, you know, I do wonder if just the very nature that, women are going to have their own day. I wonder if that will attract just more women into the sport and uh, it, it just increase the interest of of women just in triathlon in general, since maybe just the overall gross attention on the day when it comes to media coverage, et cetera, will just be solely on, on women and not diluted, uh, you know, by, by other, other genders or, you know, um, so it's, it's probably a good thing. Yeah, when when you think about media coverage, the even this year it was split by a couple of days in Kona, so you saw this tight time frame of an action packed weekend. But now, if you split it up another month, you have an additional, essentially an additional race. Essentially, even though it's still split this year, um, you create more buzz. Yeah. I think that's good for the sport. Yeah, I think separating it by like a month or whatever is is just going to be. Again, it's going to be more more attention just in general to each race, even though, yeah, like you said, it was separated by a couple of days, um, you know, and then you do have to wonder the motivations behind this. I do. So, so Ironman, obviously, they are offering way more slots for women in Kona slots for women due to the, uh, you know, we think about these women for try slots, Arizona just had a hundred additional slots for, for women. Um, and you know, now you're going to have probably 2000 to 2,500 women racing at the world championships 
on one single day. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, but you know, everybody always accuses Iron Man of, of, you know, trying to grab money. And I mean, frankly, I don't, I don't know if you can fault them for that considering they're, they're a business and, and, and the demand is certainly there, but, um, when we think about numbers, like gross numbers, obviously there will be more people racing at the Ironman World Championships moving forward. Now that we know it will always be on two separate days, you know, the, the question we've talked about this a lot is just like, does this just continue to cheapen the achievement of people qualifying for the World Championships, or does it does it even matter? I don't I don't know. Um, I suppose it's it's not limited. Still, it's like. Kona's, there's still a capacity in Kona, right? It's however many people they can fit on the pier. And what's that max? 2,500 roughly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nice, maybe they get around the same, but yeah, you, you got to still make it challenging. Otherwise, it doesn't make it that exciting when you do qualify. Yeah, that that's the big question. And the reason I bring this up, even though we've talked about it 87 times on this podcast, but I've been, it's been coming up more and more in conversations with athletes who, who, you know, I, I work with, um, just fresh in my mind yesterday, I was talking to an athlete and he was talking about how his experience at St. George, he was sort of disenchanted because, you know, he, he kind of viewed him qualifying for it as almost like the pinnacle of his, his current career. You know, he's in his late forties or so. And, and, um, when he got there, he was sort of surprised at you know, I think just, I don't want to say the quality of the field. Yeah. The quality of the field was, was mm-hmm. essentially low. And I don't say that in, to insult anybody who who finished mid pack or, or back of the pack at worlds. I'm just saying that I think people, I think the main issue is that people view a world championship in any sport in a certain way. <laughs> but when you have, you know, 4,000 people participating in a world championships. That is a unique to triathlon type thing. Mm -hmm. You think about the track and field world championships, you know, you have a few dozen athletes (laughs) qualifying for it. Um, Meanwhile, in triathlon, it's this phenomenon where you have, you know, thousands and thousands of people qualifying for it. So it's, it's people need to categorize this concept of world championships differently when it comes to triathlon than you know the world track and field championships etc just because it's a different thing and at the end of the day you have to look at your own performance find meaning and fulfillment in that uh rather than you know viewing qualification in as meaning anything like qualifying for the world championships is not should not be the pinnacle like your, your pinnacle achievement in in sports has to be a, an individual thing and you have to find find meaning sort of separate from qualifying for a world championships, in my opinion. It's still certainly a worthy goal, but like you're gonna be underwhelmed if you think that you're gonna show up at the world championships and and you know vie for a the fact of the matter is there are a lot of great athletes there, and you're one of four thousand, <laughs> and you're gonna feel probably just like a, a cog in, in the system or, or mm-hmm. just a pawn, one of many. So you're not going to feel as maybe uh, fulfilled if you're expecting some, you know, grand, grandiose, truly world 
championship type experience. Yeah, I, I suppose that could be. I wonder how athletes perceive that at the pro level. Like obviously for them, they're they're making more money, but is it just another race to them as well? You know, and and yeah, I, I, obviously you think about the Olympics, for example, that's every four years, and that's unique because it's not happening every year. There is a qualification process to it, you, you know, but is it just another event that people are competing at too? You know, because like it, like for example, basketball people play in the NBA that are the best basketball players in the world that will not play at the Olympics. You know, so, mm -hmm. and so I guess at every sport and every level, there's going to be, you know, decisions people make, you know, especially at the pro level based on money as well. Right. I mean, yeah, the world championships, the true world championships is the pro race. I mean, for sure, obviously. Um, but it's tough because you know even if you break that down further, there are there are there are a finite number of individuals who are going to have the ability to take the overall title, and even for for pros qualifying for the world championships by the skin of their teeth, you know it's it's probably the case that the majority of the the pro field who shows up they they don't think they're going to win. <laughs> like, there might be like eight to ten people which is probably, you know, 25% or less of the field who probably have a shot at podiuming mm -hmm. like top three. Um, and then for everybody else, it's almost like they're essentially in the same category as age groupers, wherein sort of the end goal might just be qualifying, but then you show up and then it's, it's an underwhelming experience. I think a lot of top age groupers, they uh, are maybe big, fish in small ponds and then they show up to the world championships you know it's like this triumphant uh qualification and, and this triumphant achievement and then they they show up and it's like oh my gosh i'm like an average world championship qualifier in this field of 2000 and it it is a hit to their ego so i think people who are complaining about you know the numbers at the world championships being inflated and the fact that it's too easy to qualify under the current parameters, i.e. more slots, multiple days, sort of this cheapening of the achievement. I think that they would feel underwhelmed no matter what, mm -hmm. uh, because in any case, there's a small fraction of the field who's going to have the ability to podium anyway. And even in the current, uh, situation where, you know, or even like 10 years ago when, you know, say 2000, 2,500 athletes, male and female, they're the ones who were able to qualify for Kona. I mean, that was, it's pretty hard to pull that off. And, um, but you could still argue that even that is a cheapening of a qualification for a world championships. If you compare it to any sport, I mean, 2,500 people are not in contention to podium. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, I think that more Kona slots are good uh, for the health of the sport, probably front pointy end age groupers um, might feel offended or it certainly lowers maybe the perceived value of their prior qualifications, if that makes sense, uh, just because it's easier to 
if it's easier to qualify, people are less impressed with qualifying. And, and if having qualified for Kono is a big part of your identity as a human being, you're going to view this lowering the bar to qualification for Kona as something like a threat against your ego or a cheapening of something, some achievement you hold dear, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's not a health. That's not a healthy perspective in my opinion. No doubt. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how people target races too. And, you know, if, if it's rotating every other year, you know, assuming like people ensure they want to go to Kona, are they going to just choose races that are qualifying for that particular year? You know, so do we see a difference in people and how they participate in the sport versus before, or, you know, do people still, or do people just love Nice as well? And they want to go there. Uh, I guess time will tell. Yeah. I think for the first few cycles, uh, qualification for Kona will be fiercer than qualification attempts for Nice. Like, but after a decade, I'm not, I'm not sure that there will be a meaningful difference. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're looking at it through one type of lens right now, but I, I also have to wonder if, and we talked about this before also, but how important has Kona been and the NBC coverage of Kona each year been for getting new triathletes into the sport, for attracting people to doing triathlon, triathlon or undertaking Ironman? Like how important is Kona and the location for that i'm not talking about you know people very few people are trying to qualify for kona when they tow the line but you know i mean i think when i look back on it i think my introduction to triathlon was the broadcast the nbc broadcast for kona and that's what sort of fueled my fire or desire to sort of get into triathlon i mean i remember being like a little kid and watching it and have, having no idea what was going on and hearing like the distances and being mm -hmm. like, oh my God, 112 miles. That's like from here to grandma's house or whatever. And it was like visualizing that as a kid and uh, just being infatuated with it. But I mean, how important is Kona itself acting as a funnel, just generating intrigue into triathlon? Yeah, that's a good question. And I suppose if you think about the next generation of athletes, if they turn in to NBC sports and they see the race taking place in Nice, does that, is that more powerful than Kona or is it less powerful? But also I think the bigger question is, is if they can have a quality media coverage, that's going to be more useful than the location itself. And, mm -hmm. and you think about the sport in general, you know, every other sport has, I'll, there's a lot of analysis behind it during pregame, postgame, uh, triathlon. We have basically this year, we had two different days where the sport was really televised. And if they can capitalize on that, I think that's going to be more powerful to capture a new audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And, and I do wonder that. So I think there aren't that many articles on this this yet. And we think about sort of like what you're saying, the coverage is most important. I think that's true. And I also, it, it makes me think about 
like if they keep it at Nice, you know, is that good? <laughs> or should they rotate locations, you know, Nice to to other locations? Yeah, it, that, I mean, like the 70.3 worlds, they rotate it and that makes it unique. The The only thing that's, that's interesting is that they change the time of year every, you know, for these races and that mm -hmm. makes it challenging. I think for athletes, pros and amateurs, where you look at other world championships, they always fall in the same time of year. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how 70.3 world champs. Uh, what they do there. I wouldn't be surprised if they make that like a spring thing, like a May thing. Uh, I want to also want to be surprised if they, well, moving forward, we'll see what happens. I think maybe they don't have to separate it. It'll just be four races or maybe they won't split up the 70.3 world champs like they're doing with Kona. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But, you know, just addressing our, our question earlier in the podcast, you know, I'd looked at a different article because there more articles are being written about this. And it says, according to try today, the men and women will rotate between the two venues. The women will compete in Nice in 2024 with the men competing in Kona. Uh, you know, that's kind of alluding to the fact that Nice will remain the other venue, mm -hmm. um, at least through two cycles. We'll see what happens after that. But I mean, they just we just don't have enough information you know if if it'll just be two cycles or if it will be ongoing my my intuition is saying that it will be ongoing and that you know i guess it will always be in nice maybe but i don't know i mean they can change it they can do whatever they want yeah yeah <laughs> nothing is set in stone yeah when you think about the culture of kona and if i think when you create a culture you, you do create something that is you can replicate year after year and to that point if, if they keep it in nice they can kind of create that same culture mm -hmm. and excitement every single i guess every other year for each gender yeah i mean nice is it's been around the iron man has been around for a while i mean almost two decades and uh the nice triathlon which started in 1982 that is that goes back <laughs> far back into the overall history of triathlon. I mean, triathlon is a fairly new sport. You know, it's sort of like a probably a well mid to late 20th century thing, but um, it's still pretty darn young. You know, I think what was it, the 70s it started. Mm -hmm. um, so Nice still has some some good history in the sport, and it's a venue that I think is you know it's pretty close to other. I think, you know, high profile events, you think it's pretty close to Monaco. Yep. You know, so we think about, you know, indie car racing and, and all that. It's a pretty popular, popular area. Um, also a popular, popular area, desirable area to vacation at. So, you know, I think it can be, be a good thing. Absolutely. Um, we'll see. We'll see. What race do you want to qualify for now? That's a great question. Not now, it's still up for negotiation. But uh, I mean, realistically, I can pull off you know racing in Finland and Nice next year within a, if they're a month apart. Not even. So, wait, yeah. <laughs> so, but, so people could people could you qualify for Nice though? Wait, okay. When, yeah, you would get, qualify for. 
Well, it depends what Iron Man you do. Yeah. So but, if I did an Iron Man, uh, the, the rest of this year or, or early next year, that would qualify for Nice. But that would qualify for Nice twenty twenty three. No, because the men's race is there next year. But but if you do Arizona, you'd qualify for oh, Kona. Oh, I was saying like if I if I qualified at an earlier race. Yeah. If you do an early race next year, yeah, you'd qualify for. Yeah. But yeah, Ari nice Arizona, yeah, would be for the following year for 2024. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're not going to do an early season Ironman, are you? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're contemplating Arizona, but yeah. Uh, you know, one other thing that I looked at was uh, the long course the usa triathlon long course national championships are in daytona there's the clash daytona race in december so you know that's an interesting venue an interesting time of year uh, so you know i know a few athletes are excited about you know the long course duathlon there um as well as the long course triathlon because it'll be you know, solid competition in December, which is pretty rare. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'm interested in potentially targeting that race and targeting that makes targeting Ironman Arizona pretty tough. <laughs> you have to have the ability to recover quickly and you're not going to be optimized yeah. for for uh, that December race. So is it, when you say long course, is that the 70.3 distance or is that the 140? Yeah, distance? yeah. Yeah, the seventy point three. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I will. So I did Daytona back in twenty twenty, and I mean, I'm not a NASCAR fan by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a pretty cool experience to have the venue in one area. Uh, obviously, the age group athletes do go outside the stadium, um, but just to be there and go a couple couple of laps around the track that was pretty unique, mm -hmm. and. It, the race was well put on, and uh, I questioned why Challenge changed the name to Clash in, in the United States because I feel right. like they lost some momentum. But um, it does seem that like that <laughs> happened, at least it, like intuitively. It could have yeah. been COVID, though. For sure. I mean, the, the race was. I remember in twenty twenty, it was a stacked field. I mean, there was no races in the whole year, and then everyone had the opportunity to race in December, and it was an awesome day. Um, yeah, but. So that that'll be a cool if you do target that race in December, you, you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna it's a fast bike course, um, fast run. You know the temperature is pretty mild, and you know ironically though, I never went to the beach when I was down there. Obviously, you're close to Daytona Beach, Speedway is a couple of miles inland, but mm -hmm. cool cool location for the most part. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think it's pretty cool. Um, so we'll. Uh... We'll see. It could be a, a fun race. And, and to your point earlier, asking clarification of the long course. So the ultra distance national championships, they're in Grand Rapids, Michigan, August 13th, 2023. Got it. So that, that's the differentiation. So a pretty, pretty cool uh, little switch up there. I think that that'll be good because it doesn't conflict with as many races. The issue of them so they used to have it at Miami Man, which is like mm -hmm. mid-November, but that would con that would conflict with you know, other races like Ironman races in November. You have Florida, Arizona, etc. So um it's gonna be a long season though. If people are racing in December, it's always tough stretching it out. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know I have athletes now that are, they're, they're unraveling a little bit, you know, for these last, <laughs> these last December races that they're targeting. And I, I know they're, they're ready to be done. Yeah. I mean, a part of the problem is it, it gets cold in, in much of the U S and mm-hmm. it's tough to stay dialed in, especially if you're doing a long course race and you need to get in those key endurance sessions, those race specific type sessions, it's, you're either going to be mildly uncomfortable outside doing them or you're doing them indoors. And that's potentially not as exciting as, as, you know, doing them earlier in, in the year when it's nicer outside, more engaging. For sure. But yeah. So crazy, crazy developments. It's a big deal. <laughs> we'll keep everyone posted as, as we find out more. Um, We'll keep everyone in tune. I guess one thing, I'll put up a poll that will be available on Spotify and we'll ask what location you would prefer. Would you prefer Nice or Kona? So after this podcast, head over to Spotify and cast your vote. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. 